And God, we believe that to be true, that you are holy above all things. God, greater than, better than anything we could possibly imagine. And God, we know that you are greater than what we see around us, our circumstances in the world around us. And so God, right now, even as we sing songs to you in the comfort and safety of this space, God, our hearts are connected to our brothers and sisters in Japan right now. God, who have suffered a tremendous loss. And God, we pray that you would be God there as you are God here. We know that you already are. And God, we know, as Roman 8 tells us, that the whole world is suffered the consequence of sin, but it cries out and it waits, God, for your holiness, your glory to be revealed and to be made perfect. And so God, we know that only you can save, rescue, and redeem. And God, we pray for that physically. We pray for that spiritually for our brothers and sisters in Japan and in New Zealand. And God, anywhere right now where there is suffering, God, we know you are already there and we want to join you in our hearts and God, physically with our lives where you already are. You are holy, God. You are greater than. And we trust you. In your name, amen. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and grab a seat. You may or may not know that for uh, this month, we are focusing our time together uh, at Soul City uh, around this uh, the whole idea of money and what it means to God and what it means to us. And uh, last week, we spent some time doing a real honest audit of the role that money plays in our life, the fear that we have about it, and the freedom that God actually has for us with it. And we talked about last week specifically that when it comes to money and talking about that in church, things can get a little weird, but we just wanted to lay the foundation very clear uh, from God's word, from the teaching of the Bible, that when it comes to your money, that God is not trying to get something from you. And I think for so many of us, that's the posture we have in our heart with our stuff, is that we're trying to hold on to it as tight as we can and to get more of it as soon as we can. And God is not trying to get something from you, but he actually has something for you. He has something for you, a freedom and a new perspective when it comes to your finances. So last week, we were all given homework. We love homework around here at Soul City Church, or at least I love to ask you to do it. I don't know if you actually do it or not, but we actually did an audit of our spending this last week. How many of you did the audit, at least got a day into it? All right. Good. For the seven of you who are going to heaven, thank you so much. (laughs) No, I'm just trying. Okay, so I did it last week, and it was really, really, really interesting uh, to be able to pay attention to where I give my money away, where I give it away. And some of it for very good things and understandable things and necessary things. And lots of times there are things that I give my money away to. And it was really important for me to pay attention to it, to write it all down, the date and the amount and all that kind of stuff, because I was able to see sort of where my heart is. We talked last week, if you want to understand what you really care about, what you really believe in, follow the money. Follow the money, because it will lead to what matters most in your life. Nine times out of ten, If you follow the money, you will see kind of where your heart is. And so it was interesting for me to kind of follow like, oh, that's what matters most to me in the week. Starbucks has my affection. Like, it is that clear. Okay, I understand, as if that was in question. Uh, Some things, though, came across that were unexpected. And this was a few weeks ago. It wasn't just this last week. But all of us have times where, you know, you're trying to do right, and you're trying to maybe live by a budget. We're going to talk more specifically about that over the next couple weeks, what that means when it comes to your debt, when it comes to generosity and giving and all that kind of stuff. And so you're trying really hard to sort of make it all work. And then something unexpected happens, right? And it throws everything off. Something you weren't planning on. Something just comes up. And so a couple weeks ago, uh, I, it was, I had one of those moments where I walked outside to, uh, to, to, to the car, and I was going to get in the car and go to work. And someone had decided that 
um, my car needed more opening in its window space. And so they had smashed open my window. And this is, this is not, like we have, this is our second car. It's the old, we call it the old 96er. It's a 96 Honda Accord. And it's rocking. I'm not going to lie to you. I took it to Jiffy Lube this last week. Not one, but two people asked me how much I wanted for it. That's the kind of car I roll in. And so, and so I came out that morning a couple weeks ago, and there was a cinder block, and there was glass. And I was like, what could I possibly have in the old 96er that's, that's worth more than them just taking it? And uh, I remember I had left my gym bag in there, which is like amateur move, amateur move in the city. And so I kind of got my little rite of passage, you know, like, oh, this is you know, like every year you get broken into. And so you remember, you're like, this is why I love the city. And so... I was like, doggone it, that's more frustrating because like, I realized like, now I have to go and, and I had to take my car to a place to get the window fixed. And it's one of those places like, where they don't take check or credit card and for reasons that only they understand. And so I had to go get cash. I didn't have $50 cash on me, so I had to find an ATM. I had to walk three blocks. And it was cold. And I found an ATM to get the cash and paid for to get the new window put in. And then I was like, oh, man, but then there's all the stuff in my gym bag. Like, that's, like, frustrating. Because you know, it was a decent gym bag. It's like a, a nice mid-sized Adidas gym bag. And I was like, now i got to get a new gym bag. And then there's my running shoes. And I was like, oh, i got to get new shoes. Like, i got to do that. Because, you know, I don't know if you know, I'm running the Chicago Marathon. And so I was like, i got to, like, now i got to, yes. And now i got to get new shoes. And it wasn't even all that. Because it was, like, the toiletries. I started going through, like, man, I had, like, toiletries in there. And, like, I had all my Axe body spray. No, I'm kidding. I didn't have that. And so I was like... I was like, now I've got to replace all of that. I'm trying to go through and do a mental inventory of all the things that were taken just from my toiletry bag. And then I remembered, and this is where I got mad, my favorite pair of jeans were in there. And I only have like four pair of jeans and maybe one that I look good in, and that's the ones they took. <laughs> and I was like, doggone it. Like, it took me years to get to that point of zen with my jeans. And now I'm like, now they're gone. And someone else in my neighborhood hopefully is fitting into them and join it. And that was, it's so frustrating, right? And so... And so I was thinking about like, oh man, I didn't, plan, I didn't plan on that to happen, clearly. And that's a whole bunch of expenses that got thrown onto the sheet that I wasn't aware of, right? And then this, this, just the other night, we went out to dinner with friends, and we were, uh, dropped the car off at the valet. We weren't driving the old 96, or we, we rolled hard in our Jeep. And so we uh, dropped it off, and when I got back, I realized that somehow my little Dominic's card and my gym card had somehow either fallen off, or in my opinion, I think they stole them. And so, like, you know your little discount thing or your pass to the gym? That was, it was gone. I couldn't find it. So when I went into the gym today, I was like, you know, hey, was, I, I, think, I, I think they stole it, but I can't find my gym card. And they're like, well, it's, you know, it's going to be $2. It's like, so how much do I pay you a month? Like, I have to pay you $2 for another card. I'm like, oh, it's such a hassle. I was so frustrated because now I have to, like, go and kind of reorganize all that. Very, very, very frustrating stuff because these are expenses that I hadn't planned on, I hadn't looked at. And then on top of all that, coming home the other night, the gate uh, to, uh, at the front of our house the lock had broken three weeks ago, and we couldn't literally get in or out of our house. It was like solitary confinement in our house, and I was like, oh, this is so frustrating. So I called our landlord, and, you know, she eventually got around to fixing it, but when they came to fix it, they fixed it with the wrong key, and it wasn't our house key or the key that opens everything else in our life. And so now I had to, like, I had to call her. I'm like, can you please get them to do it the right key? She's like, no, I'm not going to pay for that. So I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So I can either pay $125 or go to Home Depot and pay $6 for new keys. So I had to add $6 to my little audit sheet because I had to go buy new keys. And now I have one more keychain, bringing me three keys closer to being a janitor at your high school. Like, I'm that much closer, right? And so I'm just thinking about, like, oh, man, these things are incredibly frustrating things. And they're expenses when it comes to my finances that I wasn't planning on. I didn't plan on any of that stuff. And... As we're looking at kind of our finances and what God has for us in them, it was really interesting for me to kind of stop and, and think about all those things that were so frustrating to me and that I hadn't planned on, I hadn't budgeted for any of it. 
But the reality is when I stepped back from every one of those scenarios that frustrated me and got me all bent out of shape, I began to realize like, you know, these problems, these financial stresses, my financial problems, in the grand scheme of things, these are rich people problems. These are rich people problems. (laughs) Think about it. My second car got broken into because my other one was parked in our garage. And one of my four pair of jeans, the best pair, was stolen. And my gym membership card is gone. And the lock to my house, to the gate to my house is messed up and I had to add another key. Can you believe it? Now, I'm not saying that these things aren't frustrating. I'm not saying that these things aren't hassles, that they're not even at times financial problems. But the reality that I realize when I walk through that list and I start my rants about all these things, these are rich people problems. And my hunch is for the majority of us here tonight at Soul City, or those of us watching or listening online, like the majority of your problems financially, if you had to be honest, would be categorized as rich people problems. Now here's the thing. You don't think of yourself as rich. You don't think of yourself as rich. You think of them as rich. That's not you right now. But the reality is most of your problems, most of your financial problems are rich people problems. You think about it. You got to get a new car. Oh, you got to get a new car. My Corolla is rolling up on 100,000 miles, and I cannot, I got to get a new car. My lease is up, so I got to figure out how to do that. And those new Audis look hot. And like, I got to figure out how I'm going to do that, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, my space is too small. I can't live in a two-bedroom place, right? I want to get my, I don't want roommates anymore. Roommates is for college. Like, I want to like get a bigger space. I want to get a bigger place. Three bedrooms maybe would work fine for me. Or, oh man, you know, like, I cannot stand my iPhone because it always drops calls and like, it doesn't matter like what's going on. It always drops calls. I got to figure out how to get a new phone or my laptop is so, my laptop is three years old. It can't even have, it has like, like the older version of Word on it. It's like Word 97, I think. I don't even, it's like so old. I don't even know. And you think and stop and listen to all the things that you and I talk about, stress about, and go through in our lives. Most of our financial stresses, frustrations, and problems are rich people problems. And it really recategorizes things and reprioritizes things when you think about it as that. It's not that they're legitimate frustrations. It's not that they're legitimate problems. It's that they're rich people problems. And for many of us, what we need to do is we need to lean into and learn from perspective that God has for you and I and our stuff. Because for many of us, either you don't know or you don't trust God's heart for your stuff. Maybe you don't know. Or maybe you don't trust God's heart for your stuff. Or maybe, just maybe, you've become so blinded and insulated by the way that you see your finances and your financial world that you actually don't see the real world around you. Not that these things are bad or frustration or any of that stuff. They're just rich people problems. So let's just step back from sort of our financial frustrations, our financial fears that we walked into this room with, that you carry with you at all times. Let's step back a little bit and just look at the world around us. We talked about this a couple weeks ago at Soul City Church, about the reality of the city we live in. I'm just going to put a few things up on the board. This is not a guilt thing. This is not a pressure thing. This is not like, okay, great, one more thing I'm not good at. It's just to give us a better perspective on our finances. All right, just a few things up on the board here. This is in Chicago right now, right now. 31% of our children in this city live below the poverty line, live below the poverty line, 31%. That's one in three kids in the city of Chicago are below the poverty line, and half of them are in deep, what is categorized as deep poverty. That's happening in our city right now. 
You think about the fact that 86% of our students in CPS right now come from low-income families. 86% come from low-income families. That's where they start their day from. That's where their future is set by. 86% of our students. And then you think about the fact of this reality. It's sobering that 89,000 people in Chicago right now, 89,000 people are homeless. Are homeless. Now again, it's not that having to pay $2 for my gym card isn't a real frustration or a hassle. It just gets maybe reprioritized in light of those things, doesn't it? Think about that. The fact that I have to pay $2 to get a new gym card. Do you know what the reality is of the world that we live in financially? The reality of the world that we live in is nearly half of the Earth's population lives on $2 a day. Almost half of the world's population lives on what it costs me to replace my gym card. That's every day. That's in the world we live in. It's not that you don't have financial problems. It's just that if you were to be honest, they're rich people problems. That our context is drastically different for many of us, drastically different than the world around us. And that begins to reframe things, or at the very least, cause some tension internally, doesn't it? When you think about the finances, when you think about your stuff, and what it is that God has for you. Most of us, most of us in this space, suffer from rich people problems. And the solution to our rich people problems, to your rich people problems, to my rich people problems, is not more money. Because that's my solution every time. I gotta get more money. I gotta get more money. But I believe it was the Reverend Biggie Smalls who said it best. More money, more problems. Preach, preach. Right? So my solution is, thank you. My solution is, I just need more money. God, I just need more money. God, can you give me more money? And so many times, that's what I believe the solution is my problem. You know what the solution is to our rich people problems? It's not God giving you more money. It's God giving you more purpose for your money. It's God giving you and I more purpose for your money. A better perspective. Not that God wants something from you. He actually has something for you. And it's a greater purpose for the finances and the resources you have. If you have a Bible with you, please open to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to look at what that kind of purpose looks like. We're going to dive in deep to this text where Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. This church was a fast-growing church, but it lived in a major metropolitan city and a very pagan city, if you will. This is like the Vegas of its day, right? What happens in Corinth stays in Corinth. And so Paul is writing a letter to the biggest, fastest-growing church in that area, and he's talking to them about Shockingly, their resources. He's talking to them about their finances, their resources, and their purpose and perspective for their resources. And I want you to look at the words that Paul gives them and the words that Paul gives you and I tonight when it comes to a new purpose, more purpose for your finances. Paul says these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6. He's talking to this church in Corinth. He's talking to our church in Chicago. He says these words, Remember this. That whoever sows sparingly will also reap, what? Sparingly. It's not hard to figure this one out. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Let's hold right there. Remember this. And Paul uses a metaphor that everyone in that world understands Hardly any of us in this room understand. He's using a farming, agricultural metaphor. He's saying, look, as much as you put into the soil, as much as you put into the ground, the harder the work you do at the front of the season, the more you sow, the greater you will reap. 
And so he says, those who sow sparingly, or another word would be stingy, for those who are tight-fisted with their resources, guess what ends up happening? They live small, like insignificant lives. Even though from our perspective they may have more, they actually have less. Those who sow sparingly or stingily reap the same. But those who sow generously reap generously. And God is saying to that church, give as you've decided in your heart to give because God loves a cheerful giver. Not someone who's giving fearfully, and oh my God, I don't know, I don't know if this is gonna work, I don't know if you can do this, or out of compulsion, which is mean out of pressure. God says, no, you decide in your heart what to give and you give it. And the more you sow financially into other people's lives, the more you actually reap. That's not new to any of us, is it? Look what Paul goes on to say, though. And this is really, really interesting. I think each one of us needs to hear this truth tonight. And God is able to bless you, what? Abundantly. Let me say that again, and you say it like you actually might believe God could do it. And God is able to bless you abundantly. And you know what abundantly means? It means overflowing, that God is able to bless you more than you even realize you need, so that in what? All things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, this is what gets really interesting. Most churches talk about, a lot of some churches, there are some churches out there talk about, if you just give to us, then you'll get something later. That's not at all what Paul's talking about. Paul is saying, as you sow and bless and give into other people's lives, as you do that, you begin to realize God has already given you all that you need. At all times, you have all that you need. You may not have all that you think that you want, but you already have, at all times, all that you need. And the purpose and the point of that is so that you can abound in every good work. Paul goes on to quote a very famous psalm where he says, this is how it's written. They've scattered abroad their gifts to the poor. That means they've sown generously to the poor among them and their righteousness endures forever. Their legacy, their story, their character lives on well beyond them because they have sown generously into the poor, into the oppressed, into the overlooked. You whether you realize it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, in the midst of all of our rich people problems, already have all that you need at all times so that you may do the work, you may abound in the good work that God has set you in this world, in this city, to do. You may not have all that you want, but God has already given you all that you need. And that is a new purpose. That is more purpose, not just more money. And here's the thing. I could go on talking about this because I need to hear this. Like, it's, it's taking me a long time to really trust and believe that God's word is true. 
that as I sow generously, I actually receive a blessing that I would not have received otherwise, that God has already provided for me at all times all that I need so that I can actually do the work that God's put me on earth to do. That is a lesson I need to learn, and I could give you a really long sermon. I'm good at those. Uh, I could do that if I wanted to. I could give you a ton of books to read about that, and those are very important. There's some incredible resources that you can get that we've learned from and gleaned from. We're talking about this in March. I could keep doing that, but sometimes the better thing for us to do is to act actually do. The better thing for you to do right now is to actually do this like you believe it. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up our time here together tonight. And we're going to give you a challenge. Half of the world right now today is living on $2 a day. We're going to start right there. When you walk out of our space here in a little bit, we're going to give you an envelope. And inside here is $2. We broke the bank for you. $2. I want my $2. And so you can take your $2, and we're going to ask you and encourage you to get together with some friends. Maybe you have a small group, some people that you came with tonight, to pool your $2 together and to actually begin to sow generously into the city tonight. Tonight. So your homework, you know, we give you like every time we talk about taking, having this moment leads to movement in our lives. We want to see what God does in here, change our lives out there, Right? Well, we're going to do it now. Because like, I know so many of you, like, you say you're going to do your homework and you don't. Well, we're going to do it right now. And so what we're going to do is when you walk out of this space here in a minute, we're going to give you an envelope with $2. And we're going to encourage you to figure out together how you can actually take God up at his word and begin to sow generously into someone or someone's lives tonight. Now, I would highly recommend that you do this together. I would highly recommend that you get together with some other people. And some of you are new here tonight. You're like, first of all, I went to church and they gave me money. That's different, all right? That's awesome. I'm coming here every week, right? Going to church is like playing the lotto. And so, like, that's, like, if you're new here and you just came out tonight, we have, we would love to connect you with some other folks here. We don't want anyone to do this alone. So we want you to kind of huddle up and find some other people to share cars, to share rides, to take the bus together, to figure it out. We would encourage you to do a couple different things. First is to pull it all together, figure it out. And then I would encourage you, as God gives you in your heart, as you have decided in your heart to give, that you would add your own personal resources to it. And that you would actually begin to talk about, brainstorm, and pray about, how can we leverage this tonight to so generously into our city? So for some of you, what that may mean is that you go to the Target, which is just down the way at UIC, just south of UIC, and you go to Target, and you buy a bunch of stuff. We're going to give you a, a sheet when you walk out. One of our partners here in the city is Breakthrough Urban Ministry. We love the work that they're doing. We're privileged to be partners with them. In fact, every chair in this room, there's a matching chair that we were able to raise money and give to Breakthrough Urban Ministry earlier this summer. We love what they're doing. And so they are in desperate need of some hygiene and some different items for the homeless that they serve here in the city. So you all may get together and go, let's figure out how we can knock this whole list out and take a giant couple bags over back here to the church, drop it off, and we'll bring it over to Breakthrough Urban Ministry this week. Some of you, it's going to be all right. Let's get together and let's figure out how we can buy some groceries for someone. Maybe you know someone in your apartment and you know someone in your neighborhood or in your circle of friends who's hit some really tough financial times. And you showing up with a bunch of groceries tonight or some gift cards for groceries tonight would be something that really, truly would sow generously into their life, give you a new purpose for your money. For some of you, maybe, you know, we're in the middle of a gift card drive right now to help build a parent's lounge at Brown Elementary School, uh, one of the schools in our neighborhood that's on the CPS watch list for being shut down. We are committed to not letting that school shut down. So we'll do everything that we can as God leads us and provides for us to bless and be a blessing to that school. And so maybe what it means is you all pull your money together, you add some more to it, you go buy gift cards, you bring them back here to the church, and we move those towards Brown Elementary to building a parent's lounge over at Brown Elementary. 
I don't know what it means. Here's the crazy thing, though. Here's what I do know. God has made you far too creative and far too courageous to simply settle for being a consumer. God has made you far too creative. You're too creative. And you are too courageous, more courageous than you even realize, to simply settle for being a consumer. You don't need more money. You need more purpose for your money. And so tonight, we are excited to see what God's going to do as we huddle up together and go out tonight and serve. Now, parents with kids, we're going to figure that out. Please don't leave without your kids. Uh, We're going to talk about there's legalities involved in that. And so please don't do that. So we can figure out how you can figure out how to do that together as a family. We would ask you to do that tonight. And here's the last thing I would ask you to do. As you serve and when you serve, I would ask that you would do it with dignity and honor. That you would so generously with dignity and honor that you are not that person or that family's salvation. God is. But he's using you to so generously in their life. So as you serve tonight, the people you interact with, maybe you buy someone dinner tonight, maybe you go buy blankets for folks down in Lower Wacker, serve with honor and dignity. Okay? Will we agree to do that? And then here's the other thing we'd ask. Take pictures of each other, of your group. And we're going to ask you with your phones to take pictures of what you're doing, what you're doing. Like document. Be little documentarians tonight. Capture this. Write a little email up to us and send it back to info at Soul City Church. And we're going to start putting those up all throughout the week. You'll get to see how God led and the creative things and courageous things that we all did throughout the city over the course of tonight, starting with $2. So please, it's all on the card. You'll get the green card. You'll get the envelope when you walk out for your $2 challenge. Take pictures and email us a description of what you guys did because that's something we want to share with everyone else who's a part of Soul City. Cool? All right, so that's like, I'm really serious. Like, Jeannie's going to come up in a minute and wrap some things up. But I want to pray for you right now. And we are going to call our time in this room done and we're actually going to go be the church tonight. We're going to go be the church tonight. We're not going to church tonight. We're going to be the church tonight. Cool? All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much that you created us. God, you created us. You put us on this earth to be a blessing to you and to others. And God, I admit so often I get so consumed with my problems and my stresses and my financial realities. And God, I know that you actually care about those, but you care about me more than that, and you care about us more than that, and you have something for us tonight, that we would experience, God, your generosity and the graciousness and the grace with which you have poured that out over our lives. And God, we may not even, some of us in this room tonight, don't even know you yet, but we are taking a step closer tonight as we serve our brothers and sisters who are under-resourced and overlooked in our city tonight. God, I pray for great connections to happen as we do this together, that people would actually feel the freedom that you have for us when it comes to our resources, and that we'd begin to see what you meant, God, when you said that you've already provided us all that we need at all times, God, so that in all ways we can actually do the work, we can be a blessing to you and to others. Thank you, God, that that's what you're building this church on. Thank you, God, for how you've blessed and resourced this church and the ways that you'll continue to do that so that we can be a blessing to this neighborhood and to this city. We love you, God, and we're excited to see you in the faces and the stories of the people that we get to be a part of and share tonight with. In Jesus' name, amen.